Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 456, September 14th, 2020. It was as warm as 98 degrees on this day in 1939 and as chilly as 33 degrees in 1996. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I called it yesterday and was thoroughly poo-pooed by those around me. Called it yesterday. That haze in the air was from the fires out west, and now that's been confirmed on all local mm. newscasts today. Mm-hmm. Smoke from western wildfires contributes to sun's hazy appearance in Minnesota, and none other than uh, Chief Morning Meteorologist, KSTP Chief Morning Meteorologist Ken Barlow, confirmed the hazy quality is due to wildfire smoke. Although it creates a surprising effect around the sun, Smoke should stay high enough in the sky to not cause breathing issues, Barlow said. Hmm. I don't know how the people out west are breathing. How oh, can you possibly breathe that yeah. air? I can't imagine. It's, 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 not, it's not the pleasant smell of a pine tree burning in the fireplace. I right. mean, think of the metals and the chemicals and the uh, plastics that are on fire. That's just got to be terribly acrid, acrid smoke that must be just, I don't know how you do it. No, I agree with you. I, uh, on such a smaller scale, I used my smoker yesterday to smoke some baked potatoes. And when I opened that thing. That's really a smaller scale. I'll, I'll really grant is. you that. It really is. Very Half much the time. world's burning down, and you're worried about two potatoes. Right. But when I opened that thing, I was overwhelmed by the smoke. And I did think, out in California, right. if you're fighting those fires, or if there's, there's no escape. I walked out of the, you know, I walked two feet and I was gone. You can't escape from that. It's now, uh, uh, from a, a news standpoint, it's now full-blown climate change has caused this. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, my God. This is, it's been reported in, it's now, that's the story. It, this is undoubtedly, without a doubt, climate change. Okay, <laughs> well, again, if you turn up the thermostat in your house by a degree or two, your house isn't going to burn down. It would if maybe you left oily rags near an electrical heater that had a short in the wiring, or maybe you uh, you threw some birthday candles that weren't completely out into your kitchen wastebasket. Or you had that's a gender a, that's reveal a good, party. Right. That's a gender reveal party. That's or a pretty good analogy, by the way. Cigar that's a, laying in bed, yeah. or you've got a grease fire on the or, stove, or, or well, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the birthday candle's a good analogy. The uh, you you toss it into your wastebasket, which has been stuffed with things all for the last two days prior to the last emptying of it. Well, there's your fuel that hasn't been cleaned up. There's your fuel for a forest fire that hasn't been cleaned up. But in terms of it being climate change, that doesn't answer why historically fires have burned through California and Oregon. It also doesn't answer the fact that uh, you have arson, lightning, and gender reveal parties. So you're going to have to ban lightning. I'm not sure we can do that. No, it's pretty tough to do. (laughs) I'm not sure you can ban lightning. You can fill out a proclamation, but I don't know much more than that. Once Biden becomes president, he can change that. Yeah, I think he can ban lightning. You got to ban lightning. 
you got to, you know, arson's against the law, but we have people who break the law all the time, so we can't uh, use that. Let me see if I can read this one. Just I'm a minute. I'm going to get a petition together to ban lightning. <laughs> lightning. Real lightning. Lightning. <laughs> you will have 400 babies. Uh, hail the flashlight king. Hail, hail you. 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 Please withhold my name as I'm going to discuss my work. I listened to Friday's podcast while digging out spuds in the garden. The crop is light this year. I cringed with irritation each time you said we needed to learn how to better manage our forests from American Indians. I'm sure there are still things to learn from American Indians, but I work in the natural resources management field, and I assure you, we know perfectly well how to manage forests. The truth is, the people hired to manage forests are mismanaged by their political betters. Rookie hinted that environmental causes play a role in the mismanagement. He is partly right. In that, environmental groups have repeatedly stopped the various forest agencies from building roads that double as fire breaks for prescribed fire. Without proper breaks, the idiot holding the match on a prescribed burn, that would be me, can't proceed without fear of being able to control the fire's outcome. However, the main issue is less environmental and more fiscal. While necessary, prescribed fires are very expensive. They're not as expensive as the damage from a wildfire, but the politicians who set our budgets repeatedly divert our funding to other pet projects and goals. For an example, I manage a site of about 1,000 acres. I should be burning about 250 acres a year. I have funding to burn about 80. With some planning, I can redirect my own budget to achieve the acreage I should, but I am not allowed the freedom to manage my budget more effectively. I remember the news story you reported on where forest leaders met with American Indians to learn about prescribed fire and recognized it then for what it was, grandstanding. The only ray of hope I see on it is it might be used as a means for politicians to save face while sidestepping environmental policies that prevent burn breaks and redirecting funds to prescribed fires. The politicians don't deserve the easy out, but it gives us the results. I guess I would take it. Thank you. I recognize the emailer's name. Uh, I, I think what he's describing is that, again, in the salon, the basic necessities of life are not being taken care of. In the salon in California and now Oregon, the state of Washington, Idaho, why isn't this the most principal political activity they would take to not mismanage funds, to put uh, decision-making more in the hands of people like this fellow, who obviously knows what he's talking about, that's not being done. They'd rather ban plastic bags or put homeless people in swank hotels. Uh, Only to ruin those. It's getting it's getting worse. I mean, look at the, just take it down to a local level and look at the way Minneapolis and St. Paul are being run. They're being run by people with no management experience, no budget experience, no financial experience, nothing. They're all activists, essentially who gravitate towards these political roles. And in the meantime, the important basic things of American life, like forests not burning down completely, are being ignored. And and the only thing you get from Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, he couldn't wait to say he was standing in a backdrop of of smoldering uh, fire. This is it. This is climate change. It's here now. It's here now. Well, no, it isn't. <laughs> it, it, you can't. You're going to have to ban lightning. 
you're going to have to round up every arsonist you can get your hands on. You're going to have to ban gender reveal parties. I'm with Patrick on that. That wouldn't bother me a bit to ban those damn things. Uh, this is not this is not difficult to understand. And if we apply what the uh, emailer said, uh, you could take what he said. He manages a thousand acres. Well, take a million acres and square what he's saying. How many of those million acres should be prescribed burns? And he has a good point too. You can't really have these prescribed burns and that kind of acreage if you don't allow yourself a road in and out of there to get your ass out of there once you light the fire. They're not allowed to build the roads because somehow we have come to worship the earth as our mother. She ain't your mother. Your mother's your mother. She ain't my mother. She ain't my mom. Your mother's the mother. So, yeah, ban lightning, uh, ban arson, which is already banned. It's a felony. And ban gender reveal parties. Well, Joe, once the Green New Deal takes an effect, this will all go away. You know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trump is uh, going to uh, California today. I believe it's today. Yes. Uh, The Trump administration has blamed poor forest management for the flames that have raced through the region. Let's go back to our emailer. It's poor forest management, apparently because the people wishing to do the management are not allowed to do the management or have their funds taken from them for other pet projects, like maybe a new diversity workshop in the Department of Natural Resources or whatever. I'm making that up. I have no idea. Don't give them any ideas. Right. Trump is headed to McClellan Park, a former air base just outside Sacramento. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom's office said he would be meeting with Trump on Tuesday. Uh, Kamala Harris is headed to Fresno. The, the governors have been blunt. Washington County Governor Jay Inslee on Sunday called climate change a blowtorch over our states in the West. Oh, well, my. It, well, it isn't. It isn't. But good luck on banning lightning. It's maddening right now that we have this cosmic challenge to our communities when the entire West Coast of the U.S. is on fire. To have a president deny that these are not just wildfires, these are climate fires, Jay Inslee said. Oh. Were they climate, climate fires, fires in 1642? Were they climate fires in 1911? Were they climate fires in 1947? Just an hour's worth of reading told me that this this happens all the time. It, it, it's horrible, by the way. I'm not downplaying it. My God, I'm glad I don't live there. How can you how can you live and breathe that air? It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. By the way, every time, and I don't mean this to diminish anyone who is suffering, because there's been tremendous suffering and death with these fires, but invariably, when I note the photographs of, of fires that devastate these small towns in Northern California, I'm, I'm, the image I get is that they're all populated by old hippies. <laughs> there's always like a 1948 pickup truck that burns. Uh, it, it's just weird. It's this... I'm sure it's I'm sure it's Nirvana up there when it's not on fire. It's just lovely when it's not on fire. When it's not on it's fire. It's a big if. <laughs> yeah, it's a big uh, when. Right. They moved up there in the sixties, uh, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right. It's heavily populated by those types. That's where Ken Kesey was from in Oregon, actually. Yeah. Boy, I bet yeah. in some of those nooks and crannies, there's some really 
finally untouched old Chris Crafts that are just waiting to be found. No, no, I'm no. sure they've been burned already. Oh, okay, whoops. Just yeah. like on Golden Pond. Just like on Golden Pond. <laughs> Aluminum. Well, we talked about this um, not only last, was it two weeks ago when California finally decided they were going to talk to the Native Americans? We brought up exactly what the emailer brought up, and it certainly isn't the first time we talked about it. It was at least a year or so ago. Uh, where we talked about this, and we had a letter from somebody saying the same thing that worked in the forest industry, saying, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't do my job. I'm too busy doing paperwork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, Oregon Governor Kate Brown said about 500,000 acres typically burn each year. But just in the past week, uh, Oregon's lost a million acres. Uh, she said, this is the bellwether for climate change. And this is a wake-up call for all of us that we have got to do everything in our power to tackle climate change. Well, what are you going to do, Kate? Well, what are you going to do? But boy, you can see how this really feeds into the climate change hysteria. Yeah. The optics are, 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 are they're hellish. They're just hellish. Uh, there's a town called Talent, Oregon, and I viewed it on uh, Google Earth. What's she looking? Well, I... I have a dumb question. Is there any Google Earth you can go to that's that's broadcasting in real time? No. I don't believe not so. Because they've, they've got a of. outside of the Itasca State Park cam, I don't I don't right. think so. Because they gotta put that whole thing together and it's satellite. Because all because all I got when I view I, and I looked up Talent Oregon because that was suffering uh, last week from the fires. But all I get is uh you know, I can zoom around town and just see this lovely little town near the California border. Yeah, those are shot by a car driving streets. Uh, I wonder. No, this was this was aerial. This was aerial. Google oh. Earth is aerial. Okay, so you yeah. weren't on Street View then? No, I was not. Okay. I wonder if NASA has some type of maybe from the International Space Station that you could zoom in on. There might be some, you know, nerd cam or something like well, that. Well, NASA NASA satellites can certainly capture the smoke. But I have no idea if they can zoom down. Hey, Kenny, what happened that one time that uh, the Google Earth cam showed up at your place? <laughs> it was the guy in the car that was coming. You know this story, right, Such? No. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was on Google Street View for about a year. I, s- I was standing uh, in my front yard watering the yard, and I just happened to have the hose between my legs. Yeah. And I saw this guy coming, and I could see that it had the big camera tower on the roof, yeah. and the Google Google Street View sign on the side of the door. I gave him the finger with one hand while hosing, holding the hose with the other, and that stayed on the internet for about a year. <laughs> what, what is the point of that? It was my background on my computer at the old station uh, prep room for a while too. What What is the point of Google performing that service that I haven't asked for? Because what is the point of that they want to watch us joel mm-hmm. well for what purpose what it is I, it just drives me crazy I, I don't understand uh find out what your uh your algorithm is what you like what you that do we, we have just complacently sat by as these people come yes. by and film us i, I don't yes. understand it. Oh, that's yes. very true Holy mackerel. And Kenny, you're over there on Maine in Minneapolis, right? Is that i two one to the country and I've got a long driveway. Got it. <laughs> okay, I won't finish this story about Trump uh, going there today. It's uh it's a uh it's a Fox story, Fox Nine local, uh but 
You can find that story nationally. But it is repeatedly, repeatedly an opportunity for the Democratic governors of uh, Oregon and California to uh, and Washington to just finally put the coffin, put the nail in the coffin. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is climate change. But this phenomena that we've talked about with Trump, and Trump knows what to do, and he brought it up well over a year ago. He's going to sweep into California today. He's going to tell them what to do, and what he says is going to be the right thing. But since it came from Trump, it's going to be the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he knows what to do. Clean up the forest floor. Put in the roads. Put in the, the fire breaks. Do the right thing. Well, well, it's no, it's Joe's theory. What he should do is say, Climate change is taking over, and then everybody will switch their yeah, opinions. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> climate, yeah. Trump should say climate change is very real. It's just an immediate urgency. And they say, well, no, it is. This is the no, end no, of climate change. <laughs> okay, let's say Oregon had, uh, well, they do. Every year, uh, Oregon loses 500,000 acres, and then in the circle of life, it regenerates, and, and you get new greenery and trees sprout, and here we go. That's just a cycle of life since the beginning of time. Uh, so we don't hear that it's climate change when they lose 500,000 acres, but we hear it's climate change when they lose a million acres. So right. maybe there's an oh. acreage limit hmm. that, yeah. that, uh, puts that kicks them over in. The, puts them yeah. over the, puts the them over the limit. Yeah. Okay. Puts them over the limit. And I'm not denying they're big. You can't play the lake acreage game with these fires. You could play the lake acreage game with the moron who burned 7,000 acres with a firecracker uh, in his gender reveal party. You can play the lake acreage game there. That was 7,000 acres. That's not even the size of Gull Lake, which is a pinpoint uh, of land on, the, on a state the size of California. But these millions of acres, is, is no, is no, there's no way there to compare that to any lakes that we know of. A million acres is uh, that's ten malacs. That's a lot of land. It's mm-hmm. a lot of land. You know, ten leech lakes, ten malacs, ten upper and lower reds. That's a lot of land. But the problem too is people live there. And when these fires happened in yesteryear, you weren't losing so much property in life. They weren't there. Just like the current situation of a if a tornado goes through Hugo now, it's very likely to cause damage. But the tornado that went through Hugo in 1958 might have rousted one squirrel and two rabbits. There wasn't anybody there. Wasn't anybody there. So uh, can we? Uh, I got to switch topics uh, violently. Segue ahead. CNN in particular has been just gleefully. Uh, uh, criticizing Trump for the uh, remarks he gave to Woodward and why didn't Trump do something. And I read a really interesting piece over the weekend uh, by a, a, a peer of Woodward. They share the same publisher. Samuelson, I think his name is. Let me see if I still have it. It's a very interesting piece, and I recommend everybody read it. Let me see if I still have it here. I don't. Man, I delete stuff too quickly. No. Yeah. You don't boom, say. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but he, he uh, I think it's Robert Samuelson, he was highly critical of Woodward. And he hearkened back to the, the lesson Mike Royko gave everybody in the newspaper business back in 1981. 
Do you guys recall that a female reporter, a black woman, which is germane, I think, to this, uh, named Janet Cook, won the Pulitzer Prize for a story called Jimmy's World and then had to give the Pulitzer back the first time and only time that's ever happened when it became, when it developed that there was no Jimmy. It was completely fabricated. It was completely yeah. made up. Yeah. This little boy named Jimmy who uh, was hooked on heroin and had this miserable life and and on and on and on it went, and it won the Pulitzer. Well, Woodward was one of her editors at the Washington Post at the time, and Royko said, here's how that should have worked. you got to be a human first and a reporter second. So Royko said at the time, if that reporter came to me and said, I got this story about Jimmy, he's eight years old, and he's hooked on heroin. Royko said, okay, I want his full name. I need his address. I want to know who his parents are. I want to know who the dealer is so we can arrest him and put him in jail. And then you have a story. None of that was done. None of that was done. Uh-huh. And I, I mention this because I think it's a, a fair point to make that Woodward... If he, in fact, was this alarmed by what he was hearing from Trump, didn't he have a moral obligation <laughs> to to go to somebody and say, I've been talking to the president. He's quite knowledgeable about this virus. And what he's telling me does not match up what he's telling the public. He He's very aware that it's airborne and highly contagious and vicious and yet he goes out into the public and says, don't worry about it. We got it under control. And he's, he's doing that, he claims, because he didn't want to panic anybody. Where was Woodward's obligation? Applying the Reuchel rule to, rule to him. I don't know. You're going to have to tell me because I honestly don't know. What, what, what is a person to do there, a reporter? Right outside of the interview, just go make it public and you you're, you're going to blow your you book chances. It? Well, right. but yeah, there, exactly. there's where you have yeah. to be human first. So you blow your book chances. The, the, it, the, is the book paramount to his obligation to have done something? Hmm. I don't know, Joe. Well, he obviously wanted the book to be published, and and right. and it did get published, and or if it hasn't yet, what comes out tomorrow, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's a fair question when I look back on the – I'm trying to think of an analogy. Uh, yeah, had he come out with it right away, that would have been – I mean, CNN would have run with that for miles and miles and miles. Well, he, well, here, what, am I, what am I even struggling for? He has an outlet. He could have written these for the Washington Post back in February. Yeah, he, he was cashing in. And, and, and what, what, what he would have been fighting, of course, is that the half the country would say he's being fake. <laughs> and the other half would say, holy mackerel, we better get going here. Right. But I just find it interesting to note that uh, on, on, uh, on every news gathering site I've touched base with lately, I've never seen anyone bringing that up about Woodward. Except this fellow who wrote a piece for the Chicago, I think the Sun-Times, over the weekend saying he remembered the Royko rule. And that didn't get done in the Janet Cook case. And the rule is there's nothing analogous between Woodward and Janet Cook, but the rule is 
did Woodward have a human? Uh, where are his human instincts? Where were where was his ability to say, I got the I got the leader of the free world telling me these things, and they're dreadful, but he's going out in public and not saying these things. I, I'm comfortable saying Woodward had an obligation, and he would have had a lot of bent ears. Yeah, a lot of people would have poo-pooed him, but he would have fulfilled his obligation. He could have written these things for the Washington Post. And that and that might have uh, uh, killed his chances for any future interviews. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it would have. But based on the interviews he had conducted starting last year, he had enough information by, let's say, Feb 1 to say uh, people were being misled. This is uh, uh, We have a president who knows perfectly well about this. Because in those interviews, Trump sounds terribly knowledgeable about this. And we don't get that. now. And then that opens the door for his opponents to wonder, well, how many lives would have been saved if Trump was forthcoming? You know, how many, Right, how, that's how, a dangerous how, game to play. How, how sooner could we have had this under control if Trump was forthcoming? Well, how sooner? Well, you can make the argument that, that Woodward should have been aware that Trump's not the forthcoming type of guy. Woodward is now claiming that he didn't realize Trump was talking about the virus in America. Oh, BS. That's just B as yeah. B. Yes, isn't it? Nice I'm backpedal. Not, Fred Flintstone backpedal. I'm not buying So that. wait a minute. So he's backpedaling, so that means people are calling him on it. Yeah, that, that's Correct. true. I, I I just haven't seen it, but I'm sure I'm sure there are others like me who are raising the question and saying, well, what the hell did you do, Bob? Right. Okay. You didn't do a damn thing. Wait, what about Bob? Except get this extraordinary Rook. <laughs> Rook. Yep. What about Bob? Yeah. I, I got it. I got it. Thank you. I'm I sailing. Did. I'm sailing. Sailing. Yep. It's just really quick. It's a quick. Bill Murray Bill uh, Murray movie. Well, yeah. technically you haven't banned that one. Right. A little quick insert. Who was the psychologist he was Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. It was a wonderful yeah. role. Yeah. That movie is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps showing up. What about Bob? I, now, see, I've even lost my no, final that's okay. thought about what word he is a man <laughs> I mean, of. What is he had up, the principles. I mean, what is up with it? He he puts it on the paper, and yep. the people no, read it. Gil. <laughs> oh, but he is no. But on, on on a scale of one to ten, that's a pretty uh, d bag thing to do. Is just to know all that stuff and then just say, "I'm saving it for the book because mm-hmm. I'm going to sell it." Do these books sell? Who buys these books? Matt. Matthew, are you doing your own radio show? What are, what are you talking What's about, What's the Matthew? deal with this? <laughs> Call me now. What, what do you mean, who buys these books? Where do they I go? Mean, I, I would not walk out and buy Bob well, Woodward's You, you don't read. Well, that's, that's another reason. Matt. That's reason two. backpedaling Matthew is my favorite <laughs> oh, Matthew. Where he tries to I fill in know. the hole. He just right. Does. And that's a big hole, man. That's a big... That's big Who hole. buys these books? That's What's a big hole. What's going on? Let's, you know... <laughs> Let's keep it on the straight and narrow. Oh Bob. my word! Oh my word! My word! My word! Uh, thank you, Matt. Oh. So, what did you do this weekend, Such? What? <laughs> Vikings didn't have a very good day, did they? Boy, I'll say. Yeah. Brady didn't have a very good day. No, he, uh, for the he, Tampa Bay Bucks. He, he looked a little old. 
He's 43 years old. What did they expect? Yeah. Just because he eats ground up roots and branches doesn't mean that, you know, he's 33. He's 43. Plus, you know, you've made more money than you know what to do with. Are you Chris, really wanting was, uh, to? Go, go ahead. How old was Favre when he hung it up? I don't. He might have been 40. Yeah. His last year with the Vikings. But, but go back to the Vikings. You have one job if it's third and four or third and three, and you're on the Vikings' defense, and you've got this pristine, very uh, uh, talented quarterback who is going to hawk out a cadence. Your only job is to sit on your butt until you see the guy in front of you move, and they just couldn't stop. What a brilliant... Uh, uh, game plan. Aaron what are you Rogers calling has. one of the post game shows? No, but I, I, I mean, I was mad. I wanted the Vikings to win. I didn't watch him. Uh, he just yet. he kept going like hut hut hut. He was like the HGRA kid, um, Bobby that played for HGRA. He oh, played middle God. linebacker. What road are you taking? Wait, us down? wait. He played middle linebacker on the defense, and mm-hmm. he had some issues. He got really excited about stuff, so the quarterback would go ready, set, and Bobby would go. Hot, hot, hot! In the center, the center would hike it. The center, so he got, you know, he got penalized for it. He said, "You can't." But he okay. had Matt. He had some Matt. issues, but Matt. Hot, hot, Matt. and he's shaking his hands. Matt. Yes, good stuff. Settle down. Oh. Yep. Oh. Carl Bear in Northfield writes: Hanlon's razor is never a tribute to malice, that which adequately can be explained by stupidity. Perhaps Kenny was using this aphorism correctly in some cases, but most of the examples used by garage logicians are Occam's razor. For instance, trying to explain climate change by using complicated algorithms involving CO2 emissions, bovine flatulence, ocean currents, ozone holes, etc., instead of the simplest explanation. It's the sun. Okay. Uh, huh? Yeah. Carl accuses me of... Uh, Carl accuses me of ignoring uh, emailers from listeners. Are you kidding me, Carl? We're very email-friendly, good or bad. It's a daily segment of the show, Carl. But Carl uh, uh, often gets very upset with me uh, if Trump comes up. But I appreciate his his contribution here. Occam's razor. Occam's razor is the principle that of two explanations that account for all the facts, the simpler one is more likely to be correct. Right. Well, he, and he points that out brilliantly. The simple answer, if there's climate change, is the sun. Right now, uh, <laughs> Joe Biden is speaking in Delaware, and the mm-hmm. caption is the following. U.S. facing four historic crises, pandemic, economic crisis, climate change, and white supremacists. There mm-hmm. it is. Really? Really, well, Joe's checking all the boxes, isn't he? He really is. Was that white supremacy on display in the uh, brutal attack on two transit police in Compton, California? Mm. Do we even know the race of the gunman? We don't. But uh, that video is really, really disturbing. But it was done with a, uh, I think it's called a fisheye lens, and so it distorts right. human yeah. beings on, on film. And so this person looked like a small person. I, I could not establish the race of the person, uh, but and then people went to the hospital chanting. They hoped the the two coppers would die. Yep. Yeah. And one they tried one. to block the hospital door. That's where we're at. We're we're uh, that is such a, a a sad sickness across the land to have this uh, have this kind of behavior, uh, whether it's caused by police or not the police. 
I think the police have just been too unfairly racked up lately. These two people were sitting in the car, minding their own business. They didn't do anything. Right. Guy walked up and he shot, what, five times, half dozen times? Mm. And then took off running? It's just uh, just uh, truly, truly amazing. It's kind of what you talked about. You brought it up a few weeks ago with the gangs in Chicago coming together and getting together just for the sole purpose to kill police. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're going to be moving on here. Uh, First, I want to tell you that EcoFund is doing gangbuster business. They had their best year ever in their 12 years of their uh, in 12 years of being business. They're probably the the largest retailer of uh, scooters and Bentelli e-bikes in the region, and they're donating a hundred bucks from every sale of an e-bike or uh, a bit uh, or a scooter to uh, Hope on the River, Eric Mishy Spare Key Foundation, and that's uh, that's if he, that's for all GLers or anyone who says Hope on the River. And and Tim Bloom is hoping to gather another eight thousand to ten thousand dollars to send to Spare Key Foundation just between now and the end of September. This has been going on since Labor Day. Great sale prices and all Bentelli e-bikes and scooters. Those scooters turn every errand into adventure. They're great urban transportation. And uh, you mentioned Garage Logic. When you stop in, you're going to get a hundred bucks off from every scooter and e-bike purchase until the end of September, and that will be donated to Hope on the River. Kaylin, Tim's daughter, is back in high school so that's a little bit of a disadvantage because she's the world expert on bentelli e-bikes but she's probably still there on saturdays this is EcoFun motorsports in downtown forest lake it's right on highway 61 helmets apparel scooters service it just, uh, it's just it's 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 hopping it's a hopping place it's happening it's right on 61 because glers you own highway 61 Great building sites in Sioux Falls are attracting national attention because Sioux Falls is open for business. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Pay a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You'll find that Sioux Falls has just what business owners want and need. In Sioux Falls, you'll find talented people ready to go to work for you. Plus, short commutes, safe streets, available land and buildings, fewer taxes, and higher profits. In Sioux Falls, you pay no corporate or personal state income tax, see a significantly lower cost of doing business, and your business won't be tied up, locked down, or hung up in red tape. No matter what size your project is, Sioux Falls has available sites with logistical connections to air, rail, and two interstate highways. Expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls and discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Hear the song. Try to hear the song. University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self-Esteem. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Another satisfied customer, what? courtesy of the Chill Boys. I got this email from Donna. She says, "I hey, Reavers, I finally refer to your crew as my guys. I'm often sharing stories about my guys. My husband, he knows exactly who I'm talking about and smiles whenever I mention Garage Logic. So when I heard my guys talking about their underpants and how comfortable they were, I had to 
order some for my husband. It saved my bacon because his birthday was coming up and I had no idea what to get him. I ordered the bamboo boxers and he absolutely loves them. After I ordered them from the Chill Boys website, chillboys.com, I sent an email to let them know I was a huge Garage Logic fan. Julie from Chill Boys replied right away with a nice personalized response. I know my husband will be ordering more boxers from Chill Boys soon, not only because he loves them, but because I love them. Chillboys.com. All your orders that are over $40 ship fast and free in the entire United States. And do what Donna did and let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Kelly in Newport, Carolina says, Joe, I like to go back and listen to the older podcasts. I was listening to the episode where you found out GL was going off the air and where you talked to Rookie at his garage sale. You made a note about a new character that was going to live on in podcast form. Have we heard from that character, or did the idea go away? Loyal listener on the East Coast, Kelly in Newport, North Carolina. We uh, That was the drunk rookie. and uh, <laughs> He appears every once in a while. He, he appears to, every once in a while. Tries not to show that he's a professional every day. Yeah. But. How, how, how difficult would it be I'm for you to... It up. I'm looking it up right now. Well, while you do that, I'll say, uh, uh, Brant writes, Has anyone on the show ever been polled? I'm 46, and I've never been asked any questions for a survey or poll. Not sure how it works. I was discussing this with some friends, and none of them had ever heard of anyone getting polled. No, I've never been polled. And if I did, Brant, I would just say, not sure. I was only polled that one weekend I spent in county lockup, and it was uh, painful. And uh, <laughs> Oh, boy. Never mind. Yeah, I don't want to hear about it. You, uh, you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here was This is for Kelly in North Carolina. Here was an emotional rookie uh, calling into the yes. show. Oops. Is he on the line? Uh, just leave the bottle. Leave the top of the bottle. So, you like basketballs? I got some basketballs for sale. What? No. Hello? Oh, Rook. <laughs> I tried to sell some old baseballs from the Little League. Like, these are rookies can play with this ball here. I was, I was the rookie. Uh, I didn't play, but I was a coach. Yep. And I was a damn good coach. Yep. Uh, well, how, how, how? Oh, look. <laughs> Let me get that one out. That's a lost spell a little bit. Like, <laughs> hey, cheers again. Hey, cheers. hey. You ever see Trading Places with the guy? Talk about that. There's much in the what now. Anytime. You can, you can, you're just, you're just, oh. you can figure, you can mention that now, huh? Yeah. I will call you every day. <laughs> yeah, you watch the show. You see the show yet? Yeah. You see the show, I've ever seen the show. Uh, how long? Is the one hour. How long? How long uh, is the garage sale going to last? <laughs> oh, you got Monday, Tuesday. Starting <laughs> 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 September 7th. Hey. It's going to keep going. So, what you know what this does? Huh? This brings nooning to everything must go. Everything yeah. must go. <laughs> I, I believe uh, I got a text from you, uh, Rook, that reads... We want to sell everything. Hey, those are half off over there. Hey, hey, uh, Rookie used to seed his grass with that. That's uh, $5. <laughs> 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 
Five bucks. Four. Four. <laughs> I think I'm going to get down there. I bet I can get some deals, huh? I think you can. I got a bunch of douche rate crap I got to get rid of. <laughs> How many copies of Waterline did you put up for sale? Oh Nobody will buy that crap. <laughs> the real rookie's coming out now, is he? Oh, my God. Hey, Gabe, oh. Gabe go get you another beer. Get the good one. None of that light crap. Hey, don't sass. Don't, don't sass. Oh, my word. Oh. What did you want to know? So now he turns it on. What did you want to know? What did I? Uh, you were wondering about Sportscaster Idol. What happened with that? Well, I think we lost your tape. Uh, that hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, that's at the fair. Oh, it is. So, do we still got a chance? Can we reapply? Is <laughs> <laughs> there a loophole? Oh, God. I have a loophole. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't write this anywhere. note to myself fast enough. Uh, we got a we got a loophole. Yeah, you, I can come in Saturdays at seven. Yeah. So what or, you're or saying, is, Rook, is, or is it Sunday when you uh, when, when you heard the scramble fire at one all three, you you took advantage. Yeah. Thanks, Gabe. Good. Thanks. Yeah. Keep another one on ice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was coffee. I'm an airline pilot. <laughs> so that's Foster Brooks. <laughs> Perfect. I, I gotta stop now. I'm 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 having trouble. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I, I'll I'll check with you so later you to see. What are you doing on the eighth? What? What are you doing on the eighth? <laughs> I don't know. It's a whole new day then, isn't it? You want to go to the beach? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in touch. Oh. Huh? I <laughs> I said I'll be in touch. I thought you said don't fall on the couch. <laughs> you've just okay. invented you've just invented a character that's going to live on in the podcast world. My timing is off. <laughs> no, it's not. It's perfect. It's perfect. Done this Ten years ago. That's right. Goodbye. Good, goodbye. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. Don't sass is my favorite. Uh, me too. Me too. Don't sass. He did, though. All hail the flashlight king. Hail, hail you. you. Joe, I am a former resident of the Twin Cities area and have been listening to you both regularly and irregularly since 1991. More recently, since experiencing the early stages of the GL podcast, I am very happy to see the, to- the team has hit its stride and congratulate you on your well-deserved success in your current medium. I am writing to hopefully introduce a term into the GL lexicon. Sappers, S-A-P-P-E-R-S. A sapper is a term used to describe a certain type of military engineer. In medieval times, uh, uh, in medieval times, a sapper was a soldier whose job was to undermine a castle, fortress, or other structure by digging holes and tunnels under this and, uh, un- and under its foundation for the purpose of weakening or destroying the fortification, causing it to crumble, creating a breach, and making space to plant an explosive, explosive charge. What GL has been coming on, commenting on, observing, and documenting for the past few decades are the activities of sappers, chipping away at the foundations of our American civilization. Here is a partial list of things that are being undermined or that have been completely undermined by sappers. 
These are foundational things, broad and specific, some more foundational than others, that sappers have damaged or erased, thus fundamentally altering the American experience and making it less than it was. And here's his list. Kate Smith and her rendition of God Bless America, Major League Professional Sports, the Oscars, movies, competition, marriage, pronouns, gender, wedding cakes, the Founding Fathers, public icons, the Washington Monument, hard work, Columbus, Columbus Day, fatherhood, masculinity, chivalry, femininity, childhood, bicycling, don't forget your helmet, 1776, gone with the wind, heritage, history, the nuclear family, the military, education, the academy. The sappers are tearing these things down literally and figuratively as part of an overall effort to undermine the foundations of America as an idea and as a country. The noble excuses for reasons for erasing or altering these things are lies. The leaders of the sappers who actually know what they are doing are evil, and their participating minions who believe the lies are throngs of useful idiots. They are the non-player character army. Tearing down a statue of Frederick Douglass is an example of this last fact. They don't tear down statues of Columbus because they think Columbus was evil. They tear down statues of Columbus because they think America is evil. Their pursuit of the mystery and euphoria is the pursuit of the erasure, the cancellation of the greatest country, the greatest net positive ever created by man to have ever existed in human history. Why? That's another essay for another time. Good luck. Uh, Johnny Fargo from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, about 30 minutes south of some of the tallest buildings. Mm. He's right, the sappers. But that's too close to power washing, isn't it? Um, you, power washing and sappers are about the same thing, I think. Yeah. But it's a good term. I like the term, sappers. Sappers. Mm-hmm. And I, I uh, uh, <laughs> do you know that uh, our political life uh, has, has, has reached this point. <laughs> A self-described transsexual, transsexual Satanist anarchist. Just wow. Get your head around that one. Right. Okay. A transsexual wow. Satanist anarchist All right. okay. has won All right. the Republican nomination for the sheriff's job in Cheshire County, New Hampshire. A victory, she says, proves the system is utterly and hopelessly broken. Area DiMezzo, who ran with the campaign slogan, bleep the police, but not the word bleep. Wow. It's an F word. Wow and says she had expected to lose to a write-in candidate, won the nomination for Cheshire County Sheriff on Tuesday. In a Friday blog post, DeMezzo said she opposes a system that allowed thousands of people to walk into a voting booth and vote despite knowing absolutely nothing about the person they were nominating to the most powerful law enforcement position in the county. I'm running for sheriff because I oppose that very system, and the sheriff has the most hands-on ability in Cheshire County to oppose that system, she said. The system that let you down by allowing me, this freaking transsexual Satanist anarchist, be your sheriff candidate is the same system I'm attacking. I'm sorry, I know it hurts to hear, but that system is a lie. The entire thing's a lie. It's broken from beginning to end, and my, exist my existence as your sheriff candidate is merely how this reality was thrown into your face. Uh, she'll be running against a popular incumbent named uh, Eli Rivera, a Democrat who is seeking a fifth term. Marilyn Houston, the chair of the Cheshire County GOP, congratulated DeMezzo for the victory and told <laughs> inside sources yeah, she yeah. did very well with the primary, and that was wonderful. Wow. However, Houston said DeMezzo never showed up at, at GOP meetings and events despite being invented. Uh, according to the outlet, DeMezzo comes from a group of 
what did I say? Invented. Invited. Because <laughs> it right. does sound like this person has been invented. <laughs> well, there's a picture. It's a it's an imperfect science. Yes. According to the outlet, uh, DeMezzo outlet, DeMezzo comes from a group of libertarian activists that has produced candidates before. DeMezzo hosts an internet radio show where she is referred to as she-male. DeMezzo said in her blog post that her victory in the primary was an argument for anarcho- anarchism because of how clueless the average voter is. She got 4,211 votes, easily beating a traditional candidate who received only a few hundred votes. Sweet Satan, how can you not be an anarchist, she wrote. Between 75 and 80 percent of the primary voters, the ones alleged to be more politically aware than the average voter, were completely and totally ignorant of who they were voting for. What is the percentage with the average voter? 90%? 95%? These people are deciding who gets to rule you, she said, before calling on Cheshire County to secede from both New Hampshire and the United States. Hmm. Is this a ray of hope? Uh, I'll take what we can get. Well, I mean, here she is pointing out the folly. If 4,000 people in Cheshire County, New Hampshire... Were that blind to who they were voting for? Yeah, this person has a point. Well, how can I, that be a ray of hope? Well, for her to admit that her staging this stunt is proof that people have no clue who they're voting for. How how true will that be in a presidential election or mm-hmm. a congressional race or Senate race? Well. How true was it in the elections of both the Minneapolis and St. Paul City Councils? Who were you voting for? You were voting for people who are not qualified for the job. As this transsexual Satanist anarchist is clearly not suitable for the job. But she's at least admitting it. Mm Mm-hmm. She's saying, look at look what happened here. How can this be? This I think is what she, we're dealing I, with. This I is, think she raises great points. The current conditions. Yeah, she's a complete fruitcake, but she's raising some some interesting points. That is amazing to me. How big can Cheshire look it up, Rook. How big is Cheshire County, New Hampshire? How big is it anyway? C H E S H I R E. Chesh Cheshire. C H E S H I R E. Cheshire County, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. It's, it's it got to be small. Uh, counting southwestern portion of the U.S. state of New Hampshire. And the 2010 census, the population was 77,117. Oh, wow. Out of which 4,000 people voted for this lunatic. Wow. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Honestly. That, that, that says to me that the 4,000 people who went to the polls Shouldn't have gone. Shouldn't have gone to the right. polls. Have no business. But does that really surprise you? Because I, I don't find it shocking at all. Well, and plus, she won the Republican primary. Right, right. <laughs> you know, if it was the Democratic primary, I could have understood. Yeah, but and she, usually when you're running for it was sheriff, right? When you're running yeah. for sheriff, that's a very visible office. Yes, I think she uh, turned a little bit of Cheshire County on its ear there, didn't she? She she really showed uh, she really showed them what 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 was up there, and uh, the current conditions are horrible. It's right on the <laughs> state line. Uh, at, it is uh, northwest of Boston. 
Okay. Directly. That, that's, that's fine. That's that's fine. Well, it's just it's like right in the. You'd think it would be just uh, small country or farm country, but it's pretty close to some big cities. I've never been to uh, Vermont or New Hampshire. All that's right. just uh, is that on the list? Because I'm just letting you in there. I'm just letting it's you in. The same. You're not missing. Yeah. How about Worcester? You been to Worcester? I know. I know. I've been to Massachusetts many times. I've been through there many times. Been through there many times. The uh, uh, Joe, who lived out in Woodbury and had the seven-year-old that really loves the show, and yeah. uh, Joe Rothbauer, and they've since moved to uh, Texas. Uh, he's writing. Uh, there seems to have been some confusion lately on what constitutes an FFLF. So here is one that I think is textbook. Being that we moved from Minnesota to Texas and going from five months of lawn mowing to ten, I thought an upgrade in lawnmowers was in order. The lawn isn't huge, so I ordered a walk-behind with the rollers, the kind that you can use to make your lawn look like Target Field. Yeah. On Friday, I got the email that the mower had been delivered. I was planning on a Saturday morning... Uh, I was planning on a Saturday morning going over every part to ensure it was properly assembled, taking some time around lunch to grill up the last of our frozen Grunz Hoffer's stock we mm. brought, with, brought with us, brats, and then taking my time and mowing the lawn to perfection to show these Texans how it is done. As I drove down the road on my way home from work, I could see it. Not perfection, but by far the best-looking lawn on the block. I got out of the car, and the 7-year-old opened the door and said, She FFLF'd you. Oh. Of course. Of course. The wife was uh, more proud of the job and said, now you don't have to worry about it tomorrow. Thanks was all I could say. Oh. A proper FFLFing with all the best intentions. That is a textbook uh, example. Wow. That is a textbook How, example of the female fun limitation factor. They do that sometimes, don't they? Oh, the, yeah. So the very first run. Oh. Yeah. She, she didn't, didn't even get the first, the first run. Time. Right, right. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I don't know. You might. Can he stay with oh. her? I don't know. Well, I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah, you'll probably work things out, but uh, <laughs> this is—he's going to have to file this one away. Well, even more sadly, they devoured the last of their frozen Grunhofer products that they brought with oh, them to baby Texas. Doll. And now they'll miss all of the uh, the brats for the NFL season. How about a Bloody Mary brat in your Bloody Mary? Uh, Spencer said his crew will kill him for mentioning this, but you should try the double smoked bacon, perfect for BLTs. And uh, they got a new. Uh, Burger, the Philly patty, red and green peppers, onions, Swiss cheese, all mixed together in a third-pound beef patty. Throw those babies on a hoagie bun with some au jus. This is Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats in Hugo. And now transplanted Minnesotans in Texas are crying in their beer that they don't have that instantaneous access to Grunhofer's. It's right on Highway 61 at the north uh, end of Hugo. It's become the go-to meat capital for all GLers, regardless of whether they live in North Carolina, Texas, California, Montana, they all have either had Grunhoffers or certainly have enjoyed it vicariously hearing about it from us and their friends and family. Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats. It's right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. You know why you can't stop the man? You know why you can't stop Garage Logic? Because garage logicians not only love to push back, they like to show people that they like to push back. 
And right now, just in time for the political season, show all those Mysterians in your neighborhood that you are pushing back with a garage logic pushback yard sign. Put it right in your front lawn. Put it in your garage where everybody can see it. It can be purchased at DK Mags in New Brighton, Monticello, Pawn and Gun in Monticello, or at the Minnesotan in downtown White Bear Lake. Kenny, where is DK Mags? A friend, a friend of mine, a friend of mine went up to DK Mags to uh, do some research on a firearm for her home, and she picked up a she picked up a pushback sign. By the way, four four three Old Highway Eight Northwest New Brighton. But since she lives in South Minneapolis, she like me too afraid to put it out. Oh, in the front yard. come on, people! Put it in your yard. Life on the south side is tough enough. We don't want to invite that kind of stuff. Well, then maybe it's a gift for for those that are in the outer <laughs> suburban ring of cities. It's only right. twenty bucks plus tax. After you get your lawn sign, take a photo and tag us at Garage Logic Podcast on Instagram and or at GL Podcast on Twitter. Use a hashtag. Hashtag pushback GL, and we might even give you a retweet. We'd also like to thank the uh, the cop family, KOPP, out at Fast Signs in Roseville for helping us out. And you know what they could do? They could get us a sign. They can get you a sign. Thanks, you Jojo. Sign. Yeah, yeah, you, you bet. If you need more info, go to garagelogic.com, click on the pushback, and you'll see more information. I didn't want to do this story last week. It had yet to become law, so that's how I rationalized. I didn't have to do it. Uh, but now it has become law. Uh, as California burns, the governor, Gavin Newsom, signed a bill into law Friday oh. that could soften the criminal punishment for LGBT adults who are convicted of sex crimes against underaged teens. What? According to KABC-TV, Newsom signed the bill without fanfare, likely due to the highly controversial nature of the legislation. Keeping in mind that the state is burning. The bill, Senate Bill 145, was introduced by State Senator Scott, who has the unfortunate name of Wiener, a Democrat, an openly gay man, and seeks to prevent LGBT adults who sodomize... Uh, if you have kids... Uh, well, what can I tell you? Hold on maybe you maybe want to hit the fast forward button. Well, let's say uh, it would seek to prevent LGBT adults who sodomize or do other things with underage teenagers from being automatically placed on the California Sex Offender Registry. Mm. Oh, my God. The legislation calls for a judge to use discretion on assigning an individual to the sex offender registry if their victim is between the ages of 14 and 17 and the age difference between the offender and the victim is less than 10 years. Wiener claimed the bill eliminates discrimination against LGBTQ youth in our criminal justice system. The bill was passed by the California legislature in late August with most Democrats supporting the legislation and Republicans opposing it, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. Responding to the bill becoming law, Wiener continued to claim the bill's only purpose is about ending discrimination. Today, California took yet another step uh, towards an equitable society. It's appalling that in 2020, California discriminates against LGBTQ people. Wow. Very unnecessary. If you commit a crime, you commit a crime. Doesn't matter what your 
And it wow. says, it says, it's appalling that in 2020, California continues to, to discriminate against LGBTQ people by mandating that LGBTQ young people be placed on the sex offender registry in situations where straight people aren't required to be placed on the registry. Uh, I would think they would be. Uh, this has nothing to do with LGBTQ. They're using it as a crutch. Wow, this is so embarrassing. But see, that should be where somebody pushing back in California in their uh, it can be it can be. Here's passed. a Democrat Senate, state representative Lorena Gonzalez said upon the bill's passage, "I cannot, in my mind, as a mother, understand how sex between a 24 year old and a 14 year old could ever be considered consensual. How could it not be a re- registrable offense? We should never give up on this idea that children should be in no way subject to a predator." Uh, meanwhile, okay. San Diego Mayor Kevin Falconer, a Republican, slammed Newsom. As a parent, I'm appalled that last night our governor signed a law maintaining a 24-year-old can have sex with a 14-year-old and it not be considered predatory, Faultler said. An adult who commits any sex act, sex act on a minor 10 years younger must be registered as a sex offender. Law, That law must be changed. Okay, so we're getting pushback even from Dems. That's good. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're, no, that's a Republican mayor of San Diego. That's shocking that San Diego even has a Republican mayor. Yeah, it is. Well, wait a minute. You said something when you were reading it initially. So for straight for heterosexuals, they're going on the list, are yeah. they not? I, I, okay. I can only imagine they are. Yeah. Okay. But wouldn't, but that, just, just, wouldn't that just mean, though, then, that the person, the... The the accused would then just say, "I identify as an LGBTQ." Oh, in an instant, I guess. Right well, it's away. just it's just wow. I only bring it up because it's so tawdry. It's just so hurtful. And, and but you wow. bring it up because that's what's going on in politics. Yeah, in the right state's now. burning. The state's burning. Right. And here's Newsom on Friday before he dashes out to tell me that we have a climate change crisis. He signs this into law. It's it's pathetic. It the the it's just. It's truly pathetic. I guess we're doing it for the children. I I, I, had, I, I, I didn't want to do that story, but he signed it into law. Where, where is your rational thinking? Right. Uh, what's next? Does, I don't even want to play that game. Does Gavin Newsom have, have children? Does he have a family? Uh, he has a conscience. Maybe, well, maybe not. I don't know. Hmm. I'll look it up, Rook. Does Gavin Newsom have kids? I guess I could have too. I got. Does it. Gavin Newsom have a conscience? Look that up. Yep. At it. I got a quote from Sleepy Joe. Whenever you'd like it too, by the way. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what my response as governor would have been to this Wiener character. I would say, don't bother, because when it gets to me, you you got nowhere to go. Yeah. How does that person come up with this idea in the first place? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I got one here. But this so is this the gives, salon. This gives a lot of credence, uh, credence to what I've been seeing on uh, pub, on uh, social media regarding predators, and it's all been coming from the right and the far right. And I've kind of been trying to research it, not finding a lot of evidence of this. But boy, this just lays it right out. My mm-hmm. goodness, Joe, give me the name of the person that introduced the bill again, please. A Democrat. Yep. Named uh, Scott Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R. Maybe okay. it's Weiner. I don't know. All right, we're gonna pull him up and see what else we've uh, 
what else Scott has introduced here. Uh, in September of 06, Newsom began dating film director Jennifer Siebel. In 07, he announced he would seek treatment for alcohol abuse. In December of 07, Newsom and Siebel announced their engagement. Uh, she gave birth in 09 to a girl, Montana, Tessa Newsom. We had your double foghorn then. Siebel gave birth to a son, Hunter Siebel Newsom. Foghorn then. And their daughter, Brooklyn, B-R-O-K-L-Y-N-N. Foghorn July. Then. Third, 2013, and on 2016, the Newsoms announced the birth of a second son, Dutch. So what is it, four kids? Yeah. Boy, I bet he'd be first in line to say, uh, what you did with my uh, child is uh, um, unforgivable, and you should be jailed. I, I, I can't imagine he'd be like, oh, that's okay. You can walk. Well. Oh, boy, I'm looking through the... Um the list of things that Scott Weiner has introduced and then subsequently got passed, boy, he fits the bill. Holy cow. But here, here it is again. It, the legislation calls for a judge to use discretion on assigning an individual to the sex offender registry if their victim was between the ages of 14 to 17. In, in the language of the legislation, is the word victim used? Because isn't that tantamount to admitting that you're wrong? If the, if the victim was between the ages of 14 to 17 and the age difference between the offender and the victim is less than 10 years. But in the legislation, the, the victim is being called a victim. How, mm-hmm. why, would you, why would you call then for a lesser interference from the uh, judicial system? You've already admitted that there's a victim. You can be 24 years old and have your way with a 14-year-old. And this moron doesn't want you to be a, a, a registered as a sex offender. You can be 27 years old and have your way with a 17-year-old. So somehow, in this guy's twisted view of the world, uh, that he, he's, he figured it out. Uh, he's got an equation. Ten years. Hmm. But he, he, this went through both the House and the Senate. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, so we can't just blame him. It's the whole lot of them. Well, you can blame the Democratic Party in California. The Republicans voted against it. And, and apparently a, at least one Democrat, the woman I quoted, uh, voted against it. Well, these people are just off the rails. Right. I'm going to send you guys this God. this guy's Wikipedia page. And I you're don't just, want your mouth's I don't drop. want it. I don't want to read wow. about this guy. He's a waste of my time. But Joe... He, Life's too short for me to read about this guy. He's one of how many people that have the same line of thinking. Mm-hmm. And if it's 10 years today, why isn't it 20 years tomorrow? Right. Why are you discriminating against someone that... Hey, I'm 34. You left me out of this. I want to have my way with a 14-year-old. These are sick people. This is sickness. Wow. This don't happen in GL. I got to stop reading this. This is making me angry. Uh, Does it say what he might have ever done for a living? uh, No. He basically has been a career politician. (laughs) Sure. Yep. He's a, a Jewish man, openly gay Jewish man from uh, Philadelphia. Would you like to have coffee? <laughs> I know a very quiet corner. We must be. We must be close in age by at we least ten years. We must be very close. Yeah. Are you comfortable? Right. Stop sucking your thumb. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! You made me very nervous. No, 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 no. It's all good. That's a shame. It's just a shame. This uh, is what we. 
This is who is holding our offices. Well, I'd like and to. And the state's burning. Keep that in mind. I'd like the to. The state's burning, but that's climate change. That's the fault of some evil. And thank you for setting that up because I'd like to play a quick quote um, from uh, Sleepy Joe Biden. Ready? Yep. Yeah. About 20 seconds. We'll right. solve the climate, the climate crisis and we'll build back better than we were before. You know, when Donald Trump thinks about climate change, he thinks hoax. When I think about it, I think jobs. Hmm? Well, I, I don't, Joe. I, okay. <laughs> we heard you. Climate change is not a hoax, never has been. The climate has always changed and always will. California, Oregon has always burned and they always will. You can do some things to protect yourself that are currently being done, but that would require political will to let the people who know what they're doing do it and be properly funded to do it and stop pandering to environmental uh, non-elected groups who have, uh, in large part, uh, been responsible for these fires, along with lightning, which you'll have to ban. You'll have to ban lightning. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a tough one, but I think, <laughs> I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Will you sign my petition, please? Sure. Okay. We must ban lightning. Yeah. It's unfair that there's lightning. This is a we're in a we're in a we're. In a, Other we're, than that, we got it pretty good. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're in a world of hurt, aren't we? Woo hoo hoo. Except in GL. I saw the creature on Creature Path. How's the creature been? You know what else was discovered on Creature Path? Bear scat. Ooh. The bears are closer and closer. Yikes. Bear poop has been discovered on Creature Path. Creature Path. Where is, where is that? It's an urban golf course. Oh. And oh. you'll recall that a bear, about two weeks ago, if not longer, a bear was spotted uh, near the ravine uh down towards the monument at the end of Mississippi River Boulevard. Sure, Goodrich. Sure. Uh, so we have a bear uh, right in St. Paul. And then at, at Creature Path, which is about three blocks from there, bear poop has been accumulating. Meaning Somebody there's, needs to take care of it. That's Town and Country Club. It's There's bear poop. That means yeah. that bear is wandering around in there. Do they right, need, picking uh, up golf balls. Do they need a good old boy to come over and take care of it? I, I, we've For got, a flat fee? <laughs> they got people that can do that, I think. Because they, they don't have shot spotter. They don't have shot spotter in St. Paul, right? No, we can't afford it. We got to hire oh, new. I'll take care of it. Uh, we I, know, I mean, I know a guy. You know, know a guy. I know a guy. You yeah. know a guy who can take care of it. Yeah. As long as you don't have shot spotter over there. All right. <laughs> Man. Bear scat. Yeah. Man, brother. Right there in the city. Right there in the city. You know? That's, that's some animal diversity, if you want my opinion. <laughs> Bear scat, man, brothers. Sometimes he hangs out on the Lake Street Bridge, puts his arms over the railing, looks out at the river. Just says, hey, what's going on? What's, what's happening? Where are you going? You going to Minneapolis? Okay. What's happening? Got that little red hat on. Oh, my. Where's my Unicycle, yeah, unicycle, my... <laughs> unicycle. He leans up against the railing, takes a break. Got the colored, the rainbow-colored uh, neck thing. Oh, yeah. Probably smoking yeah. a lung dart leaning yeah, there. Yeah, huh? having a lucky. <laughs> All right, GLers. What time is the keg? Let's go get them. What time is the keg? One of those uh, high schoolers yeah. coming down to the grotto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Well, 
Are we done here? I think so. You are. All right. You are. You're free to go. Keep pushing back, baby. Keep pushing back with those signs. GarageLogic.com. Also, PodMN. PodMN had just received some national exposure due to their wonderful um, offerings of Minnesota podcasts, local podcasts that you can gain a lot of information and entertainment from. Check out PodMN on your smartphone or on your computer. Go old school. PodMN.com. Right, bro. Reeves, you got to tell these fine people that are pushing back in Garage Logic about Sioux Falls. Thanks, bro. Sioux Falls, South Dakota is the right sized community with the right business climate at the right time to grow your business. Get relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Expand and relocate your business to Sioux Falls. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com, bro.